Hey there, everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you are listening to Wine. Why not? A queer podcast. Episode 11. Oh my gosh, we're like, we're almost teenagers. I know, I know. This is a terrible age, by the way, episode 11. This is, uh, we don't know what's happening to our body. We're going through changes. <laughs> we, you know, there's hair where places, and there wasn't hair the other episodes. Um, so we just... That- I feel like that also happens in 41. Uh, it sure does. In your 40s, every year you have hair there where there wasn't hair before. And our, you've lost hair where you had hair is before. Is our voice starting to crack? I think so. Okay. <laughs> so We're our, almost grown-ups. And your host, Peter Brady. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I can't believe we made it to episode 11. I, Who'd have thought? I can't believe we still have things to talk about, which is exciting. Do we? Oh, wait a minute. Here they are. Yes, we do. <laughs> oh, we got a lot of things to talk about. So we'll get right into it. I, I, I think it's funny um, that a lot of times during the week, so when, you, when you're working on a podcast, you know, it's nothing that we have any training in or what, we just decided we wanted to do this. Um, are, are actually, you... I have taken classes. No, I haven't taken a single podcast <laughs> I class. watched a YouTube video. <laughs> Jeremy's, Jeremy watched about 17 weeks of TikTok videos to train for this. Yes. You know what's funny is um, I subscribe to YouTube Premium um, so that I can listen to music and watch my YouTube videos without uh, uh, interruption from commercials. And uh, every year, um, they give me a breakdown of how many hours of music I listen to, how many hours of YouTube videos I've watched. And my YouTube watch rate is broken down into days that's how many i've watched a total of 12 and a half days worth of videos does last it, year does it tell you how many video how many porn videos you've watched this week <laughs> no youtube doesn't have porn however uh, it has pg-13 videos and <laughs> i think half of them fall into that pg-13 line <laughs> but i was i was saying that you know we have no no training in this so we try to you know, learn as we go and adapt as we go. And we're in this stage right now where we spend a lot of time during the week telling each other, I'm not going to talk to you about this right now because I'm going to tell you about the Ooh, podcast. I've got a good story. I'll yeah. save it for the podcast. <laughs> like, you know, like I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit, but I, I had this medical procedure ju- done, and the next day Jeremy's like, hey, how did that go? And I said, you'll hear about it on Monday. <laughs> Stay tuned. So uh, how was your week? Did you do anything fun? Uh, my week was pretty uneventful. Um, I am in the process of looking to move out of my apartment and move into a home. Um, I'm not a big fan of sharing walls with people. People are loud. I'm loud. So Your, your neighbors are especially loud, though, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> They're the, not listening. Go the, ahead. Ah, they probably aren't. <laughs> the neighbors I share a bedroom wall with, um, and it's, a, it's like the thinnest wall in the entire building because we can hear everything that goes on in each other's bedrooms. Which is fine for them, because not a lot happens in my bedroom. However, um, they are a married couple, I, I believe. They, you know, or they, they're shacking up together. I don't, there's, there's a, 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 a male voice and a female <laughs> they're voice. They're living in sin. They're living in <laughs> sin. Um, and I occasionally, mostly on the weekends, will hear them showing each other how much they love each other. So, um, that they were having sex. I okay, can hear them having I, sex. I have to ask this question. Just on the weekends... 
Well, I, I work during the week, so they may do it during the weekdays, but okay. I only hear them on the weekend mornings. If it's more than once a week, they are not married. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I am embarrassed to say that um, uh, one morning I was, and I, I told you this story, this was uh, uh, quite a few months ago, um, I was uh, playing one-on-one in my bedroom, and I apparently had the video turned up a little loud, and I don't know if they thought maybe I was doing something in the room with someone, and they thought that they would try to drown us out, or they thought we were competing. I don't know what was going on, but while I was listening to um, some moaning coming from my phone, I then heard them moaning, and they were trying to compete with my porn video. And I'm like, this is so weird. I felt like I was in the middle of a situation that I need, like I needed to set my phone down, let it keep playing so they could keep competing with it and just step out of the room and let them have their thing. So, so it was distracting. It wasn't like you didn't get into the competition of it all? No. I honestly, I felt like a fifth wheel. <laughs> I, let, I wish you just went over, knocked on their door and handed them your phone and said, here, I just finished watching the video. Needless to say that... Um, I now put headphones in when I listen to my videos in my room. Um, but yeah, it was it's very weird to to hear a, compet- a a sex competition going on that you're not involved in, but you know, the video you're watching is. You know, I'm just this is not the topic that we're going to talk about there, but now I'm intrigued because you're talking about um, I guess I brought up porn. Sure. So, you ever watch um VR porn? I used to when I had VR goggles, and it's weird. It's real weird. Yeah, I mean, how does – I guess I'm not brave enough to do that because I'm afraid that, like – I don't like VR in general because you really got to trust anyone who would be around you. Yeah, it's it's and a, so if you've got you know if you're if you're a dick out with VR video going like you've got to really trust that somebody's not gonna like let's just say your roommate walks in and you get your VR goggles on and you have you're oblivious to whatever's happening around you and he's like I'm gonna record this because it's some funny shit yeah yeah uh, definitely um, it is something you want to do if you know you're on, you're the only one at home and no one has access to the apartment at the time. Um, I, we do have a latch, uh, that, uh, like a little chain that latches on the door. So when I did have VR goggles, you know, latching that, knowing that no one's going to be able to come in the apartment and that he works nights. So we were on completely different schedules. I was never concerned that he would walk in on me. Um, he's, he's a gentleman <laughs> and he, he knocks on the door. Um, the only concern would be, and this is why I would latch the chain, is if maintenance stopped by. Maintenance? has a tendency just to, out of the blue, stop by my apartment to see if anything needs to be fixed. That sounds like the makings of a porn video on its own. Like, um, maintenance nah. walks in and there's a dude with a VR goggles going Not to Not if himself. you saw my maintenance man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, no, there is there is one that they hired recently who I'm like, ah, come on in. Um, but no, they're, they're, no. Let me grab my goggles. They are. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Um, but yes, I have, and I have I t- taken a look at it. And I take it, it's not, it's not very, um, interactive, sports-like. Like, it's basically, you're good, you're, you're in one position watching have, this and getting done what you need to do. Have you done. ever seen the movie Being John Malkovich? No. Okay. Watch that movie, 
it's like be, it's like being the character who's in John Malkovich's head. Like you can see, but you don't have control of anything. So you're basically just looking out of the eyes of this gentleman or this lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you're dirty. <laughs> Some, sometimes you watch all of the videos of male on male, and you're like, let's let's take a look at what these videos over here are. And uh, then you look down and you're like, hmm. So those are my breasts. And then the maintenance man walks in and you're like, oh God, what's gonna happen? Um, yeah, it's it's. Oh, I don't have to. Oh uh, man, I now I want to go good. get some VR goggles. You gave them away? No, I got a new phone. This was oh, back when I had my last yes, phone. So my yes, I had yes. the Samsung phone prior to this one. I have a Google Pixel now. Um, so that it doesn't fit in my Google or my uh, goggles anymore. So I, I just need to get some new ones. Oh. Yeah, that's interesting. I just, but my question about like, uh, it's you're stationary, right? You know what? Yeah. Like oh no, I don't do any like, of the work. <laughs> I mean, what if it was like a VR bukkake? You had to stand in line and then move around the room, and you're like boinging into things. That sounds like uh, uh, the whole. It just start from the beginning. You have to go through the interview process, and then you have to like walk down the hall, and then you have to compare sizes with everyone else in the room. You know, I. I, I talked to my mom about this podcast Ooh. today. I really hope she just didn't decide to listen. That's, that was a weird transition. Hey, Ma, skip, skip episode eleven. <laughs> you know, like like I said, we're just you know we're preteens. We're curious. <laughs> um, so what else did you do? Let's see. What else did I do? Um, so, oh yeah. So I'm moving. So oh, yeah. I spent most of the week looking at um, houses to rent. Uh, and good lord. The rent in Central Florida is through, and I'm, I've seen that this is statewide. It's a Florida thing, and I, I think it's a country thing for the most part, but it, there's, uh, it, it's really bad here in Central Florida. The rent that people charge for their houses is astronomical. I, don't, I, we, I am moving in. I have a roommate now, and, I, and me and my roommate Chris, we're moving in with my brother Joey. Uh, the three of us are getting a, a, a place together because it's just too hard to uh, to be able to pay rent on your own. You can't have your, even if you're looking for like a studio apartment, they want 12, 1300 bucks for a studio apartment. So um, so we spent uh, the better part of, part of the week looking at houses and um, letting my apartment complex know that I wasn't going to renew my lease. And that's always odd because it, it's like a relationship. It's like breaking up with a boyfriend and it's like, what do you mean you're not staying? <laughs> like it's just time. <laughs> It's time I met someone else. You better hope that your air conditioning doesn't go out between now and the time you move, or they're going to be like, mm, we'll be there, sure. Luckily, last year it went out, and uh, I told them I was staying another year, and they came in and replaced it and put a new AC unit in, and so it should be fine. Did you stay the other year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we okay. Yeah, we've been like, there two years. Now. Okay, that might explain why they were mad. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, we're looking at that place, and or looking at places, and I'm and packing hate, up. You hate lawn work, though, right? I do not like lawn work. However... I do like lawn services. And by lawn services, mm. I mean the people who work for them. We've so. heard all about the services. You like. <laughs> so I am looking forward to hiring a lawn boy, maybe a pool boy, um, you know, it is and a cleaning crew to come luck. in every week. Good luck with that. You know, we had we went through a couple of lawn services at, at uh, Jen's house. And, you know, there were there were like they banged they were banging into the the vinyl uh, fence and there's holes all in it, knocking over the fire pit outside all the time. I mean, and then then we had another service and they'd show up here and there. So we ended up <laughs> buying a lawnmower uh, and now I'm the lawn service. But we got an electric lawnmower so that I could mow it uh, 
it, you know, when it's, you know, six o'clock, seven o'clock at night. And so it won't be as hot and it won't be loud. So it doesn't really bother people. Yeah, that, I mean, it's obviously in Florida, it's the heat. I don't like getting out and doing yard work. Um, growing up, um, we, my mother uh, would do this thing where uh, we'd be, you know, watching our Saturday morning cartoons and she'd be staring out the back uh, glass sliding door and we'd hear her fingernails clicking on the door frame as she stared out there. And we knew that meant we're going to have to dedicate most of our Saturday to doing yard work. And I hated it. Because uh, she always had projects. She wanted, oh, let's dig this up and plant some trees here. So it's like uh, I I just have a lot of um, uh, a lot of PTSD for yard work. So I don't care for it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, my brother has a lawnmower. He likes getting out there in the, in the dirt. Um, and our roommate, Chris. Mm, that's the kind of roommate has, you want. Plenty of money to hire a service. Um, he's the kind of guy, he's from New York, so he's the kind of guy, if there's something he doesn't want to do around the house, he throws some money at it to get have somebody else do it. So uh, uh, we, we'll hire services to clean the house. and to I have this image of, of, of Chris in this, like, you know, um, Hillary Clinton pantsuit, <laughs> just throwing money under the lawn and wondering why <laughs> it's not fixing itself. <laughs> like, why wouldn't it grow? Um... But yeah, yeah. So that's what I did. I uh, just house hunting. Well, I don't envy uh, you. I, I'm the with this house hunt because rent is so. I just don't understand. I guess that's mm-hmm. not what I. I understand how rents can be this high. Let's say you go to buy a house and you want to buy a house, any any decent house, and it's you know you you end up with a mortgage payment that is. Um, you know, $1,700 and you throw taxes and insurance on top of that. And then by the time you get to a renter, you're at a three, two, you're looking at, you know, twenty twenty nine hundred $2,900. Yeah. Um, and so I understand that that's how it works, but somebody smarter than me needs to fix this housing system that we mm-hmm. have. It's, it's unbelievable. Like there's no reason that you should, and for people who have done this, good for you. But you shouldn't be able to buy a house for ninety thousand dollars and then fifteen years later sell it at seven hundred and fifty thousand. Like it just it, it it creates this crazy world that we're living in now. I own a house in St. Pete now. Well, I don't. I'm, I'm the bank owns it. I'm just paying <laughs> the mortgage. But we, Dylan and I, were renting a three-two, and uh, they told us we had a couple months to get out because they wanted to sell the place. Uh, because the market was so hot, so they sold it. We were paying sixteen hundred dollars for that three two, and no, there was nothing comparable. Um, the 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 only thing comparable in the neighborhood was twenty five hundred, uh, and so I said, well, we're just going to buy a house. That's the only way to keep it down. And so we ended up buying a house where our mortgage payment was around seventeen hundred, and that's uh, insane. That house that we lived in sold, and they now rent it for twenty five hundred a month. Mm. Yeah, uh, the, the the even more depressing is, because uh, I go on Zillow.com, <clears throat> and when you look at rental properties, it'll show the history of this house when it was put up on Zillow before and what the rent was, and I'm looking at houses that back in 2012, 2013 were 12, 1300 a month, they're 2100, 2200 a month now, and it's just, it, the the jump in that much in just that short amount of time is crazy to me. Yeah, and in, in Orlando, look, when I was younger, I used to live in a bunch of different apartment complexes, some really crappy apartment complexes. <laughs> you know where they are. I'm looking at you, Goldenrod Road. And I bet those places are a fortune now. 
And it's the same place that I lived in that was crappy then and it's crappy now. Yeah, I'm not going to use the name, but I live in one of those apartments just one road over from Goldenrod. So it's kind of the same thing. Um, two bedroom, one and a half bath. It's not even two full baths. It's like a dormitory style bath. And uh, when we moved in, it was twelve fifty a month. And our rent, if we renewed now, would be going up to 1500 a month, um, which is one of the cheaper apartments that you can find in this area. Yeah, and that's ridiculous because it is. I'm not gonna. Be, I mean, people who know where I live and have been to my apartment, um, they like to criticize me because they're like, "You're just not happy in anything." And I was like, "I'm happy in apartments that aren't infested with <laughs> bugs and that don't have uh, painted cabinets." You know, I'm gonna say this for for comedic value because I think it's funny, and I don't mean this to be offensive at all. But Dylan was in town the other day, and we were driving to go to Lowe's um, over there. The one right next door to me, right. where I live. So we were driving down this road, and Dylan's looking around, and he's like, wow, these are some, these are some really nice places. <laughs> this must be a really nice area. And I said, I don't know. My friend Tim lives here, and that's where Jeremy lives, so it can't be that nice. <laughs> <laughs> You know I just what? say that because of the stories I hear from you about your apartment. You but. know what I can afford because you know what you pay me. This <laughs> is my fault. Now, now um, are we going to get – so now the other side of that affordable housing conversation is whoa. living wages, and this is your opportunity to grill me on that, right? Anna Escamani, I need you to call in now. Um, I love her. But, um, yeah, yeah, enough about me, though. What did you do this weekend? Well, at some point last week, as I alluded to, I had to have this uh, this medical procedure done, right? Uh, have you ever had an, endo an endoscopy? I have. Oh, well, good. So you know what it is. But yes. when people are like, what's an endoscopy? I tell them it's a colonoscopy but for, for your other. face. Yes. <laughs> um, they put you under for this? Yes. They didn't put me under for mine. I what? was awake during mine. Now, I they gave me enough drugs where I didn't care that they were shoving shit down my throat. But I was awake the entire time. Okay. I would not have liked that. And I'm going to tell you why real quick. Have you ever seen Pulp Fiction? Yeah. Okay. So you know the scene where Bruce Willis and- Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they- sh So in order to keep your mouth- They put a gag on you? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I don't think no. you were at the doctor's <laughs> office. <laughs> now all of a sudden, I feel like I was visiting- Joey Tribbiani's Taylor. <laughs> that's what they do to you, right? They didn't give you a ball gag? No. Yeah. No, they put this thing in your mouth that's got a hole in it. This is not sounding better. Um, there's a hole in it, and they strap it around so that your mouth stays open, and there's a hole there so they can put the camera and feed like it Like a through. dental dam type yeah. thing. Yeah. Now, that was, what, that was on my face as I was going to sleep, and I would not have wanted to be awake. Although it's a very quick procedure, right? You're talking yeah. minutes. Yeah, quick. And, and whatever drugs they give you, because I am somebody who is um, a, a hypochondriac and I get claustrophobic. So when you try to you know cover my face up, um, I didn't give a shit. They could have done whatever they wanted to my mouth and I would not have given a shit. You know what? I'm, not, I'm an alcoholic, right? We've sure. established this yeah. in previous episodes. So I would not have been upset if they wanted to load me full of... <laughs> that kind of relaxing painkillers and be like, hey, man, I got LASIK once. Mm -hmm. And they give you this pill and you're just sitting there like, go ahead, man, slice that eye up. I'm all good. <laughs> it's okay. So that's, anyway, that's funny. Um, yeah, so no, they put me under. 
But when I, I, I got there, they call me back, and they're giving me the spiel about what's going to happen. It's just the whole experience of this was I, – I feel like I'm lucky to be alive. <laughs> I'm sure that somewhere that is not accurate. Um, but so I go back into the room, and they're like, here's the gown. We want you to put this on, and I'm going to get this and put this on you. And then they said, what are you – because they ask everybody that you come in contact with, anytime you get any medical procedure done, they ask you your name your birth, date of birth, and what you're there for. So she's like, give her the spiel, tell her what it is, and she says, okay, what are you here for? I said, an endoscopy. And she said, I have you down for a colonoscopy. Are you sure it's an endoscopy? And I said, I am sure that if you give me a colonoscopy, whoever puts that camera down there is not going to be happy. <laughs> and so she's like, oh. And then she goes, oh, okay, yeah, you are here for an endoscopy. Mm. It's okay. And I'm thinking, mm, I don't know how this is going to go. Okay. You just reminded me of a commercial I saw. Well, I was watching uh, SNL on Peacock yesterday, and it is a commercial of a bidet and fiber pill system to clean your system out, and as the commercial says, to have you ready to go at all times. It is to, to keep you cleaned out if you are a somebody who is into anal intercourse. A commercial for television, and these three guys, obviously gay, I don't like stereotypes, but these are obviously homosexuals, Showing their pill. Oh, I'm taking my fiber pills. Mm -hmm. And then they each go into little half stalls so you can see each other and use the bidet to clean themselves out. And they're like, mm, yeah, I can see me being ready at all times with this. And it's a, just a regular television commercial. When you mentioned, you know, if they're going up there, the doctor's going to be real surprised. If you use this bidet fiber system, you'd be ready at all times for a colonoscopy. I mean, for the first for the first six to twelve <laughs> inches, but after oh. that, the situation is going to get kind of shitty. It sure is. Um, okay, now I have to talk about this commercial. Yeah, and not that I'm interested, but I'm going to need you to remember the brand name. Finish. Uh, continue your story. I'm going to look this up. All right, I, will then, say, I just want to okay. say, in my mind, I don't understand why there were half stalls and, and that these did these people have this in their house. No, Two they were in stalls? a studio, and it's like three half stalls, so all that's covered up is like from their chest down. Oh, so it's like, hey, come try this random thing, and we'll film you and get your opinion. And that's the setup for it, but it's setup. obviously they're actors. But yeah, it's set up like these three gay guys just came in, and they were like, yeah, we use this I all the time. It, I want it to be, do you remember that episode of Modern Family when, is it... Cheyenne Jackson? Is that the guy who was living in their spa? Yes. I think yes, I think so. I want the three of them, <laughs> Mitch and Cam and this guy, to be the ones acting in the commercial. Okay, so I go to get this endoscopy and they say, you know, I'm getting they think I'm getting a colonoscopy, and then they say, Here's your gown, get changed into it. And I go to take my shoes off and I look on the ground and I swear to you, there's blood on the ground. <gasps> oh no. And I'm like, where am I? Is this you know, is this like American Horror Story endoscopy kind of a thing? I don't know. That's so, terrifying. So I was, yeah, I'm just kind of like, I mean, in my brain, I'm like, they probably just like, you know, I don't know. They're, they're doing IVs and stuff in that room. Somebody just probably spilled a little, but it was just very odd. So now we got the wrong, the wrong procedure. We've got blood on the ground. And then I get in there and I just kind of close my eyes. Then they're put, they put the, the, the IV in and get the drip going. And I don't know what was happening. I'm imagining that depending on how, like, the, the IV goes into your vein depends on how fast the drip comes out of the bag of the IV. I don't really yeah. know. What the, but it was just, it was, like, pouring, like, a stream. So they kept trying to, like, 
like tape my vein tighter so that the the drip would be lower and like three different people came in and were working on this and I'm like are you do you guys know what's happening here is this this okay so that made me a little nervous and I hadn't had any drugs yet so I was kind of like this is all making me nervous and then finally it was time to go back to the procedure and we're sitting there and the guy's like all right get to your side they turn to the side they put the ball gag in and he's like, all right, we're going to administer. You're going to go to sleep real quick once we put this in. And he's like, and then while he's putting it in, he's like, so they tell me that you were on a sub. And I was what? like, a what? And he's like, like a submarine. And I said, no, no, I was never on a sub. And then I was getting ready to say, who do you think I am? And then they put the stuff in and I went to sleep. And I, I was like, I woke up like, I wonder what happened while I was under. Hopefully they found the gentleman from the sub who was supposed to be getting the colonoscopy because that's who they thought you were. Well, and you know what? They showed me photos. Um, that's of, not of my what ass. They, they found. <laughs> and I, I, it may have been. <laughs> I, you know, when the camera gets that deep, I don't know. You can't tell. It all looks the going. same once you're on the inside. Yeah. It was a very odd experience, the whole thing. But all, all is good. All is fine. I don't, I don't have tumors in my stomach, so we're golden. Very nice. Um, just uh, in case you're curious, it is called Pure for Men. Pure for Men. Um, and they have um, uh, six areas, uh, well, five areas of shopping. They sell different products. And the collections are called Lifestyle, Face, Body, Supplement, Sex. And their tagline is, whoops, there it is, stay ready from top to bottom. If you're working hard <laughs> in the gym or playing harder in the bedroom, we've got you covered. Whether you're a top or a bottom. So it's fiber pills. And my favorite is if you click on their sex tab, um, they have stay ready fiber capsules. And they have the BFF collection, which is basically just two bottles of the fiber pills. One for you and one to give to your BFF as a present. <laughs> so you both can stay ready for when you go to the club. That reminds me of when I was a kid and we'd go to the clubs and my friends would, we'd all be out there getting ready and everybody's like shaving their arms and they're trimming their arm hair and their legs and all that. And I can just imagine that they're all like, did you bring your bottle? Like, what's <laughs> all? Ooh, they got a, uh, one of those big fans. Stay proud. Stay ready. I might order that. Look at this. Not only are we bringing you entertainment and news, but sexual well-being. Yep. Stay ready out there. That's our new tagline. Thanks for watching. Stay ready. <laughs> now, if you're if, if if the sex you're having is VR related, you will not need one of these bottles. Hey, you don't. You never know what you're going to need until you need it. Um, so this week we wanted to talk. Last last episode, Rent came up. Yes, the, the Broadway musical Rent, and so it sparked the idea that although we've already talked about one form of Rent in this podcast, we were we were going to talk about our. I don't know, favorite, I don't know if I can say favorite, or just a, an important queer musical in our lives. Yes. So what did you pick? I went with favorite. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> um, all right, so I selected, of all the musical I've seen, and all of the great theater out there, um, the best musical I have ever seen is The Book of Mormon. Ah, uh, yes. I love Book of Mormon. I, I love it for the music. I love it for the inappropriate jokes. I love it for the song, and if you've seen the show, you know which one I'm talking about, the Make It or Break It song. It is the song, If it's fairly close into the beginning of the show. If you make it through this song, you will make it through the whole show. Hasadiga Ibuai. Yes. And if you speak 
Swahili? Is that, no, it's not Swahili. Where are they at? Uh, they're in Uganda, in Uganda, but I'm not sure if it's you, actual Ugandan or if it's just a made-up phrase that they made up. But um, it is definitely the song that clears out uh, <laughs> the, the, the ones who can't it's handle like, it. It's like pure for the theater. Yes, it's pure for the theater. <laughs> it cleans out the assholes. Yes, it'll clear you out so that only uh, the, the true believers... <laughs> Part of, part of me that. was thinking you were going to say your favorite Broadway musical was Take Me Out, and I was going to say, damn it, Jeremy, just because you see his schlong doesn't make it a musical. Uh, I was humming along, and that's a musical. Um, no, but for those who haven't seen Book of Mormon, it is created by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the two guys behind South Park, if that tells you anything, and Robert Lopez, who is the guy behind Avenue Q and all of those amazing addictive songs from the Frozen movies and Coco. So uh, the guy who wrote Let It Go and the guys who wrote South Park got together and created this musical um, about uh, two Mormon missionaries as they attempt to bring their faith to a small Ugandan tribe. So what you're telling me is that the guy who wrote Remember Me, mm -hmm. it was involved in that and also was involved in Hasadiga Ibuai. Yes, and <laughs> Avenue Q. So if you've seen Avenue Q, um, those songs go a little more in line with Book of Mormon than Coco and Frozen, but all the same guy. Oh, also, wow. Robert Lopez, the youngest EGOT. Uh, I know you don't um, recognize anyone uh, who has won EGOTs because they're not all actual EGOT winners to you, but he is the youngest one. He has an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Do we talk about this problem that I have with the EGOT? I don't think so, podcast? but maybe we'll talk about it in the next one. Yeah. There are a couple of people who are legitimate EGOTs. There are. We went through the list, and uh, you, have, you have a very specific uh, set of criteria to make someone a true, authentic EGOT. Yes. It's very simple. You must be talented in the area of which you won the award. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, so, so for those who are listening, um, just to clarify that, um, if you're an EGOT winner because you produced shows or records, you are not recognized <laughs> in his eyes. Um, just because well, you threw money at the problem doesn't mean you deserved it. I don't know. I'm just saying if you got an EGOT because – someone wrote your memoir and you read that onto a tape and a, a cassette tape um then maybe you're not a really got winner i don't know i could be wrong you I, hear listen, that viola davis you're listen, on notice listen viola davis is priceless <laughs> and she deserves to win awards if that's why she won this <laughs> then then you know i will i will not talk anymore about yeah. it um, <laughs> her, I will say I her not, Grammy did come nothing. from reading, reading her memoir. I've won nothing. I get a medallion every now and then at a softball game, and that's the only <laughs> thing I ever win. I get, I've won nothing. I am nothing. So if you want an EGOT, you can shit on me all you want. It's okay. Don't you give in to those rich bastards. <laughs> <laughs> you, I can't even drink wine on this You EGOT suck it. <laughs> all right, so tell us more about uh, So, yeah, so... Um, Two missionaries, uh, Elder Price and Elder Cunningham, in the original Broadway production played by Andrew Rannells, um, who mm. you might know from The New Normal, that short-lived but uh, very good sitcom on NBC. He also was in Girls, that HBO series, with Lena Dunham. Um, he's also been a voice actor, um, if you watch either Big Mouth on Netflix or Invincible on Amazon Prime, he, uh, he's in that. Isn't he in the prom? Oh, the he is, that's right. The the movie version. 
He, on Netflix, he is in uh, The Prom as well, which is also a very good queer What does he play in that? Did you see it? Is he yes. like the, wa- the waiter who goes he, along yeah. with them? He's one of That's the four uh, Broadway stars who go to the small town. Um, and Elder Cunningham is played by Josh Gad, who, back to Frozen, he's the voice of Olaf. He's also uh, LeFou in the live-action Beauty and the Beast. And he's been in a shit ton of studio movies with famous people that didn't do very well. Um, I wrote a bunch of them down, but he was in Pixels with Adam Sandler, The Internship with Anne ha- uh, Hathaway, Love and Other Drugs with Anne Hathaway, Murder <laughs> on the Orient Express, with Anne Hathaway. Oh, with, <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, a bunch of those. But Ghostbusters did very well, but all the other ones, not so well. Um, you know what else he was in? And I don't know if any how many people watch this, but there was a... See, here we, we're back to the TV versus movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Sigourney Weaver... Was in a TV show what? where she was president of the United States. I'm pretty sure it was Sigourney Weaver. Are you think? Are you thinking um, Gina Davis? Gina Davis, yes, Gina yes. Davis was. Sorry, yeah. that was Madam President. No, Madam Secretary. It was called um, Political Animals. Maybe. Let's look it up. Okay. You look it up, and I'll just say she. Yes. He played her son, and he was like this troubled youth kind of character. It was a very serious role, and everything that I've seen him in since then has just been this, um, you know, hilarious comedy. Uh, he's a super funny guy, and he's perfectly cast in the Book of Mormon. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's absolutely uh, amazing in it, and um, TV... <laughs> this is where we should have thinking music. Do, 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 do. Are you sure it was him? I'm going to look it up. You go ahead okay. and finish talking about Book of Mormon, and I'll, I'll see what I can find. Okay. Um, so, uh, so yeah, these two go to Uganda. Uh, they come across this small uh, village where um, they try to uh, teach them the word of uh, the Mormons, the what uh, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or whatever the, the, the religion is. So Elder Price is a closeted gay man who's suppressing his uh, homosexual tendencies because he wants to uh, be this uh, this great leader in the church. And Elder Cunningham is kind of an idiot, and he makes up makes up a lot of stuff uh, about the religion when he's trying to sell it to people. Um, and he just wants the people to be proud of him. So you know, it's kind of this um, the this ragtag duo. Um, who has different reasons that they want to be uh, known in uh, the church. And they go to this this village that is being attacked by warlords, and they try to prophesize to them. Is that the right word? I think that's the right <laughs> word. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, the, 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 the story goes along, and they, you know, they have to reckon their faith with uh, the lessons they're learning in this. Um, there's, uh, obviously it's from the two guys who made South Park, so there's a lot of jokes made at the expense of, uh, of different religions, mostly focused on, on obviously, uh, Mormons, but other religions. Uh, but the, the thing I like most about this is it's not like they're picking fun at it. It's kind of a, um, has this moral to it of, um, having your faith and believing in it without having to... Uh, to feed into the the hatefulness of it. So the gay guy, you know, kind of comes to terms with his his gayness and 
Josh Gad's character Cunningham comes to terms with um, being kind of the hero uh, of the of the show. Um, it's very vulgar, lots of uh, swearing. Uh, there's some sex in it, um, but it, it just it's. It's just a really good, and I didn't expect this from it, it's just kind of a feel-good kind of musical um, that really makes you feel um, good about accepting people regardless of what their beliefs are. Um, the music in it, and this is uh, no surprise because I do enjoy the songs of Frozen and I enjoy the songs of, uh, of Coco, the music in it is really good. Um, Hello, the opening song of it is fantastic. So Such a good opening. Um, and there's three particular songs, which are kind of those um, Howard Ashman uh, with Disney called them the want songs. And like each of the, the main characters, you've got um, the two Mormons and then uh, the, uh, the African uh, woman who is in this village that they go to. Um, I believe Salt Lake City. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly how that's pronounced. <laughs> how I wrote it down. This is, it's Salt Lake City. And man up. And they're each one of these songs where it's, you know, they're singing about what it is they want in life. And you would think that in kind of this a parody way that it would be kind of these hokey songs, but they're really impactful. Like there is some passion and emotion in it. And I get a little teared up whenever I hear <laughs> I Believe, even though he's singing it to a warlord with a shotgun or a, 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 a machine gun pointed at his head. I, I do want to point out that when you said the name of that one song, it kind of sounds like you were saying Sean Cassidy in a weird voice. <laughs> um, uh, but I want to tell you that I Believe is, to me, one of the great songs of Broadway. Like when My favorite characters on Broadway are, are women strong women like Kim from Miss Saigon probably my mm -hmm. favorite and they have mm -hmm. these powerful strong belting ballads but sometimes you just want to hear like a, a male singer belting ballad and I'm not talking excuse me to anybody who loves Oklahoma the music <laughs> man I'm not talking about like crappy old songs I'm talking like just real powerful passionate songs I believe is one of those and it's so but it's also so good because it's it's really passionate and strong and also hilarious at the same time. Especially when he gets to the end and he's talking about what he believes about the Book of Mormon and it's this outrageous crap. I mean, yeah, you know, like it's saying, I believe that we're all going to get our own planet when we die kind of thing. Hey, and maybe we do. Yeah, yeah. What do I know? Um, but yeah, absolutely my favorite musical. Um, I think... Uh, the Producers is a very close second. Um, I obviously, I love comedy and I love uh, comical musicals. I love Mel and Brooks. I love South Park. You love Hitler? Um, no, no, I do not. <laughs> so don't say that. Um, <laughs> Springtime for Hitler is a song. And, yes, and yes. The producers, it's, obviously, it's, it's a Mel Brooks musical, it's so it's uh, there's lots of Hitler and Nazi jokes in it. Um, but uh, Book of Mormon, it's just it's something different. Um, that just kind of, you know, kind of shook up uh, Broadway. Uh, it's I, it's one like one of the top ten longest running musicals now. It was nominated for fourteen Tonys, won nine of them. I feel like when that came out, um, I feel like what year did it come out? Twenty eleven. Okay, yeah. So I was working at Watermark, and I remember when it came out before the album was released um, to buy on some sort of platform that escapes me on Napster. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you they they put it for free 
like on Apple Music or something. Yeah. They, they had it for 24 hours. You could listen to it for free. And I remember, um, wow, I was in this building because it's back when I was here in that in, in the office yeah. right there. It was uh, Ed's office, and he was listening to it. And he's like, oh, my God, you have to hear this. And it was it was stunning. It really is a good. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, and the, and the it's coming to the – excuse me. It's coming to Stras next season. Oh, is it? I yeah. love that. I think it's Stras. You I know what I also Dr. love Phillips, about that? Though. As it's Maybe traveling. It's Let me see. As it's traveling around, um, I love how uh, the Mormon church has embraced it. And, like, Mormon uh, missionaries will stand outside the theater and, like, take photos with people going to see the show and give them book, actual books of Mormon. And I love that, that when the show first came out, they took an ad out in the program, in the, in the, the bill. What do they call the thing? Playbill. Uh, they took an ad out in the playbill. Um, just big. Whether you agree with them or don't agree with them, Mormons have um, such a good sense of humor, and I like that about them. They they really do embrace this musical, like you know. And th th there was an well, ad in the playbill that said, "Now that you've seen the musical, read the book." And I, that's just clever. That's they, just clever. They may also know that it's just they're just paying <laughs> tribute to somebody who just completely made something up, just the way they did. Ah, uh, I will move past that because <laughs> I am not passing judgment on anyone else's beliefs. Uh, the other thing that I love, uh, feeding into the whole, um, the Mormons just embracing capitalism. I love this. Um, I am a Lego, an adult Lego enthusiast. Um, and they have a website called BrickhamYoung.com, um, which is Mormon Legos. And they have not only... Uh, Lego minifigures of Mormons that you can kind of piece together your own little Mormon missionaries, but they have nativity sets from around the world. So you, you can like get their Asian nativity set and it's Chinese themed and they have an African nativity set that is African themed and the nativity set looks strikingly similar to the Book of Mormon set, Broadway set. So uh, I will, in honor of my favorite musical, I will be buying these and repurposing it into a Lego Broadway stage uh, Book of Mormon set. Very so, nice. Um, I'm looking forward to that. So thank you. And if any Mormons are listening and you work for BrickhamYoung.com, send me a couple of uh, African nativity sets and I will give you a shout out <laughs> on the next episode. <laughs> so, you know, uh, unfortunately Rotten Tomatoes doesn't, doesn't um, do musicals, do musicals sure. but they, they do movies. So while you were talking, I looked it up. And apparently in 2003, there is a movie called The Book of, the Book of Mormon Movie, Volume 1, The Journey. So knowing nothing about this movie, I want you to guess. It has nothing to do with the musical. I want you okay, to tell but it me. It, okay, I just, three questions. First, okay. is it a movie made by the Mormon church? I don't know, and there's no information. Wait, here we go. Um, it is. Here's what I can tell you about it. Um, the movie info: A prophet sends his four sons back to Jerusalem to retrieve plated scriptures. It's a PG drama, directed by Gary Rogers, produced mm -hmm. by Bryce Fillmore, um, and it's an hour and fifty-eight minutes. That's all I know. Noah Danby. Mm -hmm. plays somebody. <laughs> he is the he and then Lisa Rogers, 
who who is in it are the only two photos on okay. this entire page. Okay. Not even there's not even a a photo of like a film cover or movie poster. And there's a Rotten Tomato score on yes. this. Both critics and audience. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, the only critics who would review this movie is going to be Mormon critics. So the critics have got to give it 100%. It's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> audiences, again, Mormons are the only one who are going to rate this. However, Mormon audiences, not as swayed as Mormon critics. So I'm going to say uh, critics have it at 100%. And I'm also going to take it a step further and say that it's probably got 11 or 12 critic reviews. <laughs> It's got six critic okay. reviews. Yeah, it's a 100% because those six people got together and said, we got to make sure this stays at 100%. I'm going to say audience um, 97%. Okay, and uh, now I'm going to have to um, uh, read a little bit here um, about this real quick, the critics. Um, a shoestring budget of $2 million? That's shoestring? That's a lot of money That's, for the shoestrings. That is. All right. So anyway, um, <clears throat> the critics rating, 17%. Oh, apparently those were not Mormon <laughs> critics. <No. laughs> apparently it was, it was six people who thought they were watching the Book of Mormon, <laughs> the musical. Oh, I think the Catholics got a hold of this one. <laughs> um, or the Scientologist. Let's go. Let's go with Scientology. Okay. Um, and then the audience score is 22%. Wow. That movie did not do very well. Not at all. Uh, you know what movie I thought you were Although pull it had up? nothing to do with what you were talking about. I thought I'd waste some of our precious podcast time with that. I thought you were going to pull up Latter Days. Ah, oh, that's a good one. That is a good, that is a gay Mormon movie. And if you haven't seen it, um, the only actor off the top of my head, two of them that are in there, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in it, um, and he's the bad Mormon missionary, not the gay one. Um, and then if you watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Tara, Willow's girlfriend, yes. she is in it. Yes. Um, it's funny that you say that Joseph Gordon-Levitt played the bad one, not the good gay one. <laughs> I guess it depends on what side of that Mormon <laughs> fence you sit as to how you're going to feel about that. <laughs> I That's love true. For some of you, it might Joseph, be the good one. I love Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm -hmm. um, and I definitely had a crush on him in that show. I thought that – I really liked that, that movie, Latter Days. You should see yeah. that. We could talk about it some other time. Yeah, right? it's a good movie. Um, or but, sing along to it. Yeah. And it'll make it a musical. What about you, Richard? So, and I know you're going to agree with me 100% on this, but I picked the best, not just my favorite, mm -hmm. but the best LGBTQ plus musical in the history of Broadway. <laughs> I already know what's coming. I was like, Dad, is that you? <laughs> um, Rent. Yeah, Rent. I loved Rent when I was younger. <laughs> I, I will let you talk yeah. about it, though. So let's just, um, if, if you've never heard of Rent, which I would find, you know what, I think it's crazy that people would not have, have not heard of it or would not have heard of it. But then as I was researching it, like to me, Rent came out like 10 years ago. Yeah. But it didn't. It came out like 30. Yeah. Yeah, like, like next almost, year. In fact, we th it was 1994, wasn't it? Or 96. Uh, 96. Okay, so 96. yeah, we're approaching 30 years. Yeah, so um, if you don't know what Rent is, Rent is a rock musical that is loosely based on the opera uh, 
La Boheme by Puccini. Um, Basically, it's about uh, poor artists who live in the East Village of Manhattan during the AIDS crisis. Which, interesting, is um, the opera was about poor artists um, who, uh, and the, it was about tuberculosis. Mm. I didn't know that. There's some the AIDS of the 17th century. Now, there's this weird thing going around where people will say, like, did you know that in high schools um, they can't do rent about AIDS and HIV so, they, so that everybody has diabetes? And Is it, that true? And I was like, so I, I don't know. I try to look it up. I think that it's some sort of like college humor sketch or SNL sketch or something like that. I don't think that that's really the truth. But if you know, feel free to email us at WWN at watermarkonline.com. <laughs> that stands for wine, why not, at watermarkonline.com. We always appreciate feedback. Good, bad, the ugly, we'll take it all. Um, so anyway, it's a, I can tell you this about Rent. If you've not seen it, it is super complicated. It is a super complicated storyline that it, it's too much to get into the short amount of time that we have here. But I'll just let you know that it is so complicated that when you go to see it in the playbill, there is a diagram of everyone in the cast by character and how they relate to different people because it's so intertwined. It's so, in fact, it's so, so complicated. There was a time I went to go see Rent in New York, and we'll get into how many times that was later. Uh, <laughs> we went, it was one time I went to go see it, and there was this older couple um, who was probably, I mean, I was in my 20s at the time, so, and they were probably in their you know, 60s or 70s. And like five minutes in, <laughs> into the show, the guy looks at his wife and he's like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and she's like trying to explain. He's like, what? What's going on? Because it's very fast. Uh, the music's fast. And if you don't know what's going on with the characters, you kind of catch up later as to what, what's happening in it. Um, but it's really good. So here's the origins of Rent. And this is kind of news to me when I was looking this up. I just thought, you know, hey, here's this show Jonathan Larson wrote and created in, in 96. Um, but in 1988, someone named... Um, I'm going to say Billy Aronson. Um, he came up with the concept of doing a musical based on La Boheme. And about a year later, Jonathan Larson entered the project, uh, who was created or credited with writing the musical. Uh, Larson's vision was to bring musical theater to the MTV generation. And, and so in 1993 is when it kind of first had its first big moment. And there was a staged reading of it. And although... People loved the songs and thought it was a great story. Um, it was just too much. It was too complicated. There was too, too many holes, uh, too many problems. So it entered into this workshop phase that it was in for years uh, until it finally debuted in 1996. What is the tragedy about Rent, if you're not familiar with this, uh, Jonathan Larson, who, who wrote the book and lyrics, he, he wrote it and came up with the concept of it as we all know it. Um, he actually died the night before um, before opening night of an aortic what is aortic heart dis- problem. Dissection. Yeah, he had a heart problem um, that that they thought was a complication to something that was um, not diagnosed um, for his entire life. And and a, a weird or an, an an uncommon disease that I think it said afflicts like tall people with like long arms and legs. I thought that was fascinating. Interesting. Um, so he never got to experience its, its success. It won several awards, including the Pulitzer Prize for Drama and the Tony for Best Musical. Best book. I had a typo. It says Best Booed. 
That <laughs> 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 cracks me up. Uh, best book, um, best original score, and then one of the actors won for best featured actor. Uh, that was Wilson Germain uh, <coughs> Heredia uh, in Who Played Angel. Mm. Um, which probably couldn't play in Florida these days because Angel is a drag queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2005, it made its way to the big screen um, with much of the original cast. Most notable, um, I would say, would be Idina Menzel, who plays Maureen, uh, who is who went on to, uh, as I call it, Disney infamy. You may know her as Adele Dezim. My apologies <laughs> to John Travolta when he listens to this episode. Uh, I know that's like one of those things that he'll never live down, that poor guy. He must have had to touch the bottoms of many massagers after that. Uh, that is a story we will get into on a podcast down the road because he supposedly did it to several masseuses here in Orlando. Um, I needed to go back to that statement I said and say allegedly he has, uh, he allegedly <laughs> has done it to several masse- male masseuses here in Orlando. Ooh, I have to talk about that. That'll be a news story if we ever get to one because we're not <laughs> going to today. <laughs> uh, so Adele, um, I was about to say Adele Dizzy. <laughs> Idina Menzel, obviously from um, Frozen fame now, um, but she will always be Maureen to me. Uh, Anthony Rapp, who, uh, he played Mark Cohen. Uh, he is... Um, I'm just gonna go with the Star Trek angle. Yeah. And I'm gonna say he ruined Kevin Spacey's <laughs> career. <laughs> uh, uh, Kevin he's the, Spacey probably ruined his own career. He is the other half of the infamous Kevin Spacey uh, story that got him fired from House of Cards. Yes. Um, I. You know what? Um, Anthony Rapp is actually on Broadway right now doing a show uh, called Without You. I believe, which is the title of Without You. Kevin Spacey is no longer in House of Cards (laughs) as the subtitle. It never occurred to me that (laughs) that that's where your brain would go. Um, Usually I catch those things. Uh, So anyway, but he's on Broadway now talking about how impactful Rent was to his life and and whatnot. And um, yeah, he's, he's, he's got a lot going on. He was in School Ties. Great movie, by was the way. He? Brendan Fraser was in it. He was he played a he played a dick in it. He was not a everyone guy. but Brendan Fraser played a dick in that movie. Matt Damon <laughs> is in it. Ben Affleck is in it. Yes. Um, Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell is in it. Chris O'Donnell wasn't a dick in it though. He was a he was a, he was a flaccid. We'll call him flaccid. He was, he was kind of a dick, but not really. Yes. He um I, the, the 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 quote escapes me, but um, something along the lines of those who stand by and do nothing are just as guilty. Some shit yeah. like that. Go on. <laughs> the, That's the, paraphrasing. The, you know, I was hoping we'd get a coffee mug moment, and now I need it to say <laughs> those who stand by and do nothing or some shit like that. That's, that's exactly what I want my coffee mug to say. All right, so then uh, Tay Diggs uh, was yes. in it. Uh, Adam Paschal, um, who... You know, I I think, to me, Adam Pascal was like this Broadway superstar, but apparently not to anybody else. He was in, uh, he's in the tour of Pretty Woman that's going around the U.S. right now, and nobody's making a big deal about it. Does he play the Richard Gere character, or does he play the Julia Roberts character? (laughs) He plays the Richard, well, he plays Richard Gere, he plays with. You know what's funny is To Kill a Mockingbird just came through town, and people made a bigger deal about John Boy being yes. in that than Adam Pascal being in Pretty Woman. Listen, one song, Glory, from Red is 
right up there with, I believe, from Book of Mormon, one of the best. So also, uh, Jesse Martin plays Tom, plays Tom Collins. I just like to point him out because you know how I like my Law and Orders mm-hmm. and anything that has to do with Law and Orders. And he, he was a detective in that for a long time. In fact, yeah. I didn't even know. I'd listened to Rant for years and didn't even know he was in it until I s- saw the movie version of it and was like, oh, that was him. So, you know, my opinion of Rent is that it's fabulous. It, it sort of it started off as this hate relationship with it. I was dating this guy who was fascinated with it. I want to listen to it all the time. If you've never seen Rent and you go to listen to the soundtrack, there's a lot of uh, machine, uh, voice machine, answering machines. That's what I'm looking for. Answering machine songs where they sing messages on answering machines. And I'm like, <laughs> why the do I want to go see this musical? Like, like I just want to sit, uh, what is there, an answering machine on the stage and a spotlight on it? And then that's exactly what happened, by the <laughs> way. So I didn't uh, want to see this. I, anything, I wanted nothing to do with it. But it was my, my boyfriend's birthday, and we were living in New York City, and I said, I'm going to buy him tickets to go see it. And I'm going to surprise him with it. So we're going to go to dinner, and we're going to go to this Broadway show, and it's going to be this great surprise. And so I told him to get ready for your birthday. We're going to go do this great thing. And he's like, what are we going to do? And I was like, it's a surprise. And he says, I don't like surprises. And he sat down and he said, I'm not going anywhere until you tell me what to do or what we're doing. And I was like, you know, after like 10 minutes, I was like, ah, you suck. Also, you know, it's your birthday, so fine. I got about tickets to go see Rhett. And he was like, oh, okay, cool, let's go. And so we went and I fell in love with it. I just think And out of love with him. (laughs) We're not together anymore. Um, that might have been that might have been the signal that something was going to go wrong. Um, so I, I loved it. It, it, and I saw it twenty five times, at least twenty five times, when I lived there because they it was the first show that introduced this lottery system. Of, they would sell the front two rows uh, for twenty dollars a ticket, and you had to get there two hours before and put your name in, and you paid cash and all that. And so uh, Jen, because she's my roommate here in Orlando, but we also lived together in New York, and we would go. All the time. If we had a free night, we would go and try and win tickets and we'd see it. I just loved it. There was this, it's just, you know, there's so many, there's so many queer themes to it. And the music is amazing. I just thought it was great. I like the music to it. I have a problem with it. The older I get, the more in (laughs) get a damn job and pay your rent. Um, However... Here's my problem with it, and my problem with Rent is the same problem I have with dogs and cats. I, not the musicals, the actual <laughs> animals. I don't mind dogs and cats. I don't mind Rent. I cannot stand super fans who make that their personality. And I was in high school when this first came out, and I was in drama, and our entire drama class made Rent their personality. And they assigned each other characters from the show, and all I kept thinking was... It's 1996, and you're assigning each other who has AIDS and who doesn't. And it's just all they talked about was rent. And I was like, it's fine. And they're like, shut up, you fat queer guy. And I was like, hey, I am gay, and it is the 90s. This is my musical. And I would like it if you all would stop talking about it. It sounds like you hate high school drama kids more than I you're sure right. don't like them. <laughs> I do want to say because I love this musical. I could talk about it for for days. I loved it so much. But there are other people who didn't like it, and yeah. not just you. So I wanted or that don't like it now. Um, so I just wanted to point this out. Uh, in 2005, when the movie came out, um, there's something that's called 
the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. Oh. Have you ever heard of this? I haven't. It's great. They won for worst song or song performance in a film or end credits. It's Anthony Rapp. Mm. Uh, and then worst song um, went also to Idina Menzel. Really? Yeah. And I'm just going to read this to you. Well, you can guess real quick. Um, Brett, the movie. Yeah. I know rot- the Rotten Tomatoes. I know the movie got kind of lampooned, um, uh, and, and Chris Columbus directed it, who directed Home Alone, and he's not... And he has all that horrible thing he did to indigenous people. Yeah, yeah. So um, I know that it didn't do very well. <laughs> Di- I know, different Chris Columbus. Um, but I'm going to say the critics gave it like a 66, and I'm going to say audiences probably liked it a little more. We're going to go with a 78. 47 and 83. Pretty close. Ooh. Well done. Audience liked it a little bit more, and critics liked it a little yeah, bit less. Yeah, critics gave that shit, just like people gave Dear Evan Hansen shit. And all yeah. I have to say to that you is know Dear what? Evan Hansen is one of the best musicals you ever made. You know what else? Um, the movie version of The Producers was yeah. not liked by critics either. And I'm like, fuck you, critics. Critics suck. That they do. <laughs> that reminds me of Saturday Night Live in this. Don't use two hands. I'm not happy about you using two hands when she said you suck. <laughs> not happy all you right. use two hands. Uh. Y'all got to watch that. That was a funny skit. Good, yes. Watch SNL from last week. Um, well, thanks for spending time with us. If you yeah. got, if you want to give us some feedback or suggestions on things you'd like to hear, email us at wwn at watermarkonline.com. Yep. And until next week, the cork is back in the bottle.